0: Welcome to the Amphibian Press Podcast. I'm VS Holmes, and with me today are the two halves of LJ Rivers. Uh, so thank you guys so much for for joining me all the way from Norway. Um, this is really fun.
1: Thank
2: you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um,
0: so tell me a little bit about your Ruby Morgan series, um, which is an awesome, like, urban fantasy uh, setting.
1: Well, it started, I think, June last year, Um and I just thought, I want to do something different because I've been writing uh, more sort of epic fantasy. Um, and I thought, well, I want to do something new and I want to do it with someone and try co-writing. So I just wrote uh, Jay and said, hey, you want to write with me? And he <laughs> he was like, yeah, sure. And we didn't really have any plan or anything. I just said, I, I want to write something like in some cool fantasy genre with female protagonists and that was about it.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think I spent about 7 seconds uh considering before I said, "Yeah, of course."
1: Yeah, and then then we spent, I don't know, a couple of days, I think, to just figure out what we were going to write about.
2: Yeah, I remember you had to sort of uh, hold me back because uh, I was way into the details quite early uh, and <laughs> you held me back luckily. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the planning part is is always interesting. Um I I have a yeah. friend and we we share a universe but not, you know, we don't co-write, co-write. And um even just planning that like hashing out the timeline of whose books happen when and like which characters can be in which books cuz you know, some have died at this point. <laughs> it's it's always <laughs> an an interesting uh sort of finagling thing. Yeah. How did you two connect? Um like did were you part of the same writing community before this or
1: um yeah sort of I think um I don't actually remember <laughs> when we sort of first got I don't know um but I think through sort of writing groups and stuff like that and then uh a while back we did uh an, an anthology together okay. for, for Norwegian fantasy authors mm-hmm. um so yeah we worked together on that before awesome so I already knew I could sort of trust him. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> that's that's always tricky because you know people on the internet, right?
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> We've been trying to to sort of uh, pinpoint the exact time we we actually started talking uh, on the web, and uh, we're not. I think we just forgot. We've mm-hmm. always known each other. Yeah. It's, it's it's about three or four years ago.
1: Yeah, something like that. It feels like a lifetime. Yeah,
0: the the writing communities that I've been able to find on online. Um, you know various social media platforms it's just it's been really incredible to be able to connect with these people and you know share share stories and share support it's um it's the the upside of globalization
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely I've met so many people through the writing communities um and I, I just think you know even though we sit like uh, all kinds of different places all over the world, you know you get mm-hmm. together and you share this common, ground and um yeah no i just i just love to be a part of it
0: yeah so for for those of us who haven't gotten a chance to read your series yet um even though it looks fantastic and i'm excited to start it (laughs) um tell us a, a little bit about um the the plot and um i know you spoke a little bit about the the inspiration behind it but was what was the seed that started her as a character for you
2: Elle had an idea about her um Wanting to write a female protagonist, and she's—I um, I remember she she showed me a few graphs of what were the most popular genres on on Amazon, and I, I sort of thought that was very granulated, and uh, I'm not <laughs> wasn't really a fan of that idea at, at first. But but then, let's just think, what would we want to write about, and then. Luckily, it happened to fit into one of, the, one of the genres. And then we added stuff. So Ruby is, um, in, the, in the first book, it starts in, the, in August of 2018. the 19, sorry, the storyline. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's 19, living at home with her mom. Her father's dead. And um, she just happens to be of a fae heritage. So she is, she's half a fae because her father was human and her mother is a pure fae. Directly descended from uh, from the face of uh, Avalon, and then oh, right. we sort of connected the Avalon. And yeah, the because I think that was
1: I think that was it. Sort of the the um, Arthurian uh, mythology that got us started on it, because yeah. that was one of the genres that we found that we were both like, oh yeah, this is interesting, um, and we both like, you know, I love mythology and <laughs> folklore and everything like that, so. Just making uh, something a little bit different, but taking the inspiration from the myth, uh, yeah, that was sort of, I think, where it started. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, of course. <laughs> I've learned to agree with you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's,
0: that, that's what co-writing is, right? Just a White-knuckling it through various compromises. <laughs>
2: I'm I'm so happy most of our writing happens without without us um, actually being in the same location because she would probably just rip my hair out because all my <laughs> stupid ideas and all my ways of arguing the minute details. But we get there. We get there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we do. <laughs> so do you have like- El already,
2: <laughs> already has two kids so she doesn't need another one. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Do you have um, like set set roles with who does what in the project? Because I I know I've talked to some other co-writers and usually it's like oh well so and so does draft one and then you know the other person does draft two. Is is that sort of a similar setup to to what you two do or is it something else?
1: Um, we do more sort of uh, every other chapter and then we um, well I don't know we um, edit it you know uh, as we go along so i i'll write a chapter and then i'll tell him it's up on google docs which is what we're using right now uh and he'll go in and do edits and comments and and then we swap and go through everything
2: yeah and also the we we sort of approach every book in the um snowflake method we could we have an idea what what should this book be about, the, the, the plot of the, the actual book, and how much of the main story for the, oh. the whole series is like, we planned nine books for the whole series, and how much of, of that main storyline should be in book number three, for instance, which is out now. And when we plot it, we, we plot it very detailed. So I could write chapter seven, even before chapter four, five, and six are written. And sometimes mm-hmm. we actually do but most of it, mostly we we do it sort of of uh, in in the in the right order and um
1: but yeah. then i think um there are certain things that Jay will do that i don't do as much and the other way around so um for instance um he's great with everything sort of uh it related or just <laughs> Little sort of I don't know um, quotes and stuff like that. He's um, he knows everything about everything.
2: I'll need the recording of this. No, you do
1: <laughs> like every little bit. like things you don't really you don't really need to know. And I, I'll write more of the sort of magic scenes and stuff like that. So uh...
2: many times when when we plot things, we we can just write that. Okay, this is a this is an L chapter. This is a chapter mm-hmm. we we know or a scene. And for me, it's it's uh, it's amazing. I'm so blessed to just be able to sit back and relax and and have have L write one of the most uh, magic displayed visual scenes. And then I, I'm just astonished about her wording and her ideas and how she paints her words. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm more of a technical writer in that uh, sense that if we have police interviewing suspects, for instance, mm. uh, in in book number one, that's more of my John because I'm trying as well to be a crime writer so that's (laughs) sort of more in in the main uh, mainstream uh.
0: yeah that's something that I would think would be incredibly difficult um is sort of streamlining a style when you have two distinct writers working on on a similar project because like I said the the woman I share the the universe that we write in with you know she's a wonderful writer but our styles are completely different and um it'd be very like difficult i think to um to sort of blend them together i mean we're also very hard headed so um <laughs> you know i think i think that, <laughs> that that might be part of it um but yeah that's that's something that i find really interesting is how like you can balance that because you know every scene does have a different tone it sounds like you sort of figured out how to do that
2: it does and we we've actually gotten uh, we got some feedback from uh, from a couple of readers that said they in the book in the first book they could actually tell that Maybe chapter three was written by one writer, and then, and then chapter four by another. Not who who did what, but there was a certain change. But in book number three, we're all, we're already um, sort of merged our writing styles, and also mm-hmm. we do edit rather detailed. So a chapter that L has written and we both edit it, it will be sort of massaged into our own common uh, writing voice.
1: Mm-hmm. Also because we go in and we do edits on every chapter as we write. Um, We'll change wordings here and there and just put some extra scenes in and stuff like that. And it just sort of blends. Hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Um,
1: And also we,
2: we, we know so much... We know our characters so much, and we know what would Ruby say and what would Charlie say, and this Brendan would never use that expression because of his Irish heritage. He would say something like that, and so on, and and that's <laughs> rather important because because it's the characters are the the main main thing for both of us. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah.
0: Now, where um where is the book set I mean I know that there's obviously um, a couple different probably worlds going on here like with a lot of urban fantasy is there a specific uh, town or did you sort of make one up um, so that you could have creative license
1: (laughs) Um, no it's set in uh, England for the most part so uh, uh, and London so we've not really invented a lot of places, but we've invented like uh, a university, you know, a pub, a restaurant, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and Then eventually we'll go to Avalon. So uh, <laughs> that <laughs> will, yeah. Um, not to be a spoiler, uh, <laughs> spoilerish, but <laughs> I think that's pretty obvious.
0: The point is uh... Is is how they get there, right? That's the, that's what we read the books.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. um, and then Wales as well. Um, yeah, but no, it's, it's mostly like actual places. Mm-hmm. Well, that's
0: that's kind of nice.
2: It sort of came through quite early in in uh, in June last year when we started talking about it, because Elle has, uh, has lived in London for a few years, and I've I've obviously been there as a both the tourists and, and in a work, you know, previous work assignments. But so we, we sort of love London, both of us. And then it felt natural to to place Ruby there. And, and her heritage is both Welsh and some from Liverpool in England. So we placed her, her um, mm-hmm. childhood home just just south of Liverpool. Yeah. yeah.
1: And as well, because of the Arthurian um, yeah. link, uh, it just yeah. felt like the right place. And then there's the, you know, write what you know. Um.
0: Yeah, I, I always think it's it's interesting with, with urban fantasy because at first I was like, well, why are we setting, you know, these stories in cities? Because um, I, I grew up in the woods. And so for me, it's sort of like, I, I don't care about cities and like nature seems more magical to me. Um, <laughs> but I also realized that in a lot of these stories, the magical um, races or the fae, or the you know, they, they're usually marginalized, um, even if humans widely know about them, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're not necessarily accepted, or they're feared or whatever. And if you think about a lot of other marginalized, mm-hmm. you know, communities, like like human ones, um, you know, a lot of us gravitate towards cities, because that's where you're more able to find, um, you know, smaller communities of, of your own people. So I guess that that, that does make sense, for sure
1: yeah it's easier to blend
2: yeah we do we we do play on that a bit as well because a um, lot i think yeah, yeah many many times we see that what we are writing are are actually we could change the mm-hmm. word mag which is the the derogatory term for magical in our universe uh, we could change that with um, any other minority in our real world and and it'll it'll mm-hmm. blend in so that's not we don't Try to be political, but it, it sort of ends up some of it to be uh, at least some sort of my mi- minority or racial uh, political in mm-hmm.
0: it. I think it's very hard to not be political when we're imagining, because especially with you know fantasy and sci-fi worlds, we are imagining a world that either we want to be in, or you know we we would want to visit, or that you know we're just trying to sort of imagine the way things could be whether it's good or bad and i don't think you can have those imagination sort of worlds without getting a little bit political because you're basing it off of your worldview um one one way or the other exactly
1: yeah for sure Uh, and i think the way um the plots they sort of uh came together as well because we have this um really big harvesting industry, which basically is uh the harvesting of magical blood. So uh and there's you know obviously there has to be regulations and political aspects of that as well. Right. So it just sort of came naturally as well.
0: Now you have um one of one of your books, which is actually the one that's coming out in April I think, is sort of from the other side of things, um, point of
1: view wise. Is that is that correct? Yeah, it's uh, it's the prequel, actually, that's coming out. Oh, okay. awesome. um, and it's about, yeah, it's a prequel coming out between books three and four of the main series, because it sort of just fit mm-hmm. better in there. Uh, but it's about Ruby's dad uh, and his background and about the harvesting industry in its early years.
0: Oh, that's awesome. I, I always love getting that glimpse of either the other side or just a different side um, of the world because it lets you show so much more depth um, in a way.
1: Yeah, and that's hopefully what what that <laughs> book is going to do. I think um, show that other side of it, and um, and so that the reader will get an an understanding of how everything works mm-hmm. and came together.
2: That that book, uh, Harvest Harvester Academy, actually came about as an idea of maybe we should tell some sort of backstory and maybe as a giveaway for a newsletter or, or something like a short story or, or something last summer. And um, it just grew into this um, whole background story. And that's sort of my my part in it is I'm the, yeah. I'm the big nerd, geeky guy. So so I'm writing like Wikipedia-esque articles mm-hmm. about MagX. MagX is the um, the drug that's manufactured from right. the magical blood. And that's a drug that gives humans magical powers for a short while, as well as some sort of a mm-hmm. drugish high. And then you have good and bad batches of MagX and all that. So we started spinning on that, and then we needed some sort of background story. And that just grew and grew and grew. And now it's, it's a full-fledged novel, and it's coming out uh, April 3rd.
0: I love that you, you brought in the sort of drug thing because yeah. you know a lot of cities now are facing worse drug crises than they have in a long time. And um, a lot of that is about the unpredictability mm. of those drugs. And um, I just I think that's neat that you touched on that in sort of a magical way. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it's, it's definitely um, dangerous. So it's, you know, you can get a really great high, but it's also, you don't know right. what you're getting. So you could risk actually dying mm-hmm. from it. So if you get a tainted batch, you don't know who manufactured it, um, stuff like that, then then you don't know how mm-hmm. you're gonna deal with it.
0: Now, I, I noticed that you have a, another book that has a Banshee character. So obviously you have this, this Avalon myth um, sort of basis, but did you draw from other um, myths or, or legends uh, as, as well for your different creatures and races and stuff.
1: I'm sure we do. Uh, the Banshee book is actually available, but only to newsletter oh, okay. subscribers. But that's um, and it's set in Bulgaria and it's about one of the characters you meet in the first book. Um, one of the sort of smaller characters, but yeah. So definitely, you know, the, the shifters and... Um, a lot of other sort of um, magical creatures as well, so that's not really Avalonian mm-hmm. or Arthurian.
2: That's one of the most interesting parts for me because I'm a, I'm a big fantasy fan and I'm, I've been ever since I learned to read. But I've never thought about writing it myself until a couple of years ago when we did this uh, fantasy um, anthology, and that spurred an idea for a, for a separate fantasy novel. I'm I'm mm-hmm. planning on writing when. When we're done with Ruby, <laughs> we're never gonna be done with Ruby, so that's no problem. That's how I am. <laughs> when L uh, suggested we write a female protagonist and magical beings, and so, so and then we started to list what kind of magicals do we want to exist in our Ruby verse, and um, and every time we we we've sort of invented a few, but then L has this. Quite thorough knowledge of folklore of magical creatures and pixies and fairies and uh, banshees and uh, whatnots, and that, that's quite a new new uh, experience for me. And then sometimes I say, okay, but do we have to comply <laughs> by all the the um rigorous rules of fantasy writing a pixie is a pixie but could we make a pixie something else and then she says "Nah, right here i think we should stay with the rules and then other times we can say, sure we can we can invent the magical being so we have time oh, cool. shifters for for instance that's not necessarily our our uh, sort of standard magical but then we have shape shifters which are more regular they can i mean shift into sort of animals or or well basically animals and then adopt
1: yeah and we have a phoenix as well which is obviously from different sort of mythology but yeah and it's not like uh, we can't change anything or we have to comply by this rule but at the same time i think there has to be some sort of right, recognition right. as well right. You know, uh, if you have a vampire, then obviously you've got to have some mm-hmm. sort of blood relation <laughs> going on. Um, or else it's not it's not going to be a vampire. So, uh, yeah. But That's There's a great learning experience for me, as I said. And,
2: <laughs> and uh, I couldn't have a better teacher than Al. Uh, well.
0: Wow. <laughs> so both of you have mentioned that you also have like solo writing careers so why don't you tell me each a little bit about about those as well because I always think it's interesting what people bring especially when they're working together
2: the one who actually has a solo writing career could tell you about
1: uh, hers (laughs) well Jay is sort of trying to uh, get his book published traditionally um, and he has interest in it as well but he hasn't published anything on his own yet but he will I'm sure he will Mm -hmm. Uh, I know so because he's a really good writer so no but honestly he is and they would just be idiots not to accept any of his work Uh, but uh, on my part I've been writing uh, and publishing for Mm -hmm. quite a few years now And I've been doing mostly uh, sort of epic sword and sorcery Mm -hmm. type books uh, and also children's books as well. I've got a couple of series, well, one series and I've got a couple of standalones. And I think the one that I'm most proud of, actually, I think uh, just became a semifinalist in SPFBO this year.
0: Oh, awesome. Congratulations.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, and It's about a Sámi girl from Norway uh, in the Viking Age. So Sámi are the indigenous people of mm-hmm. Norway or Scandinavia. You get a different perspective than the typical Vikings uh, that you see so much. Uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm really into that historical aspect as well. Which is why just moving into urban was mm-hmm. a bit of a leap for me, uh, but it's been really fun. <laughs> I, I like really it. enjoy seeing, yeah.
2: Yeah, while while I while I haven't uh, published anything yet, I I am of course trying and and yeah, I've been trying the more traditional way. So the the whole indie publishing scene was sort of new for me as well. Mm-hmm. I knew knew of it from talking to people in, in various writing groups and so on and and. Thought that fine. I'll I'll try and get a publisher to accept my uh, my crime. I'm I'm right. I've written a crime novel. I'm rewriting it now, and um, hopefully we'll get it um, accepted by a publisher. Because in Norway you, you don't have the uh, the the link between the publisher and the writer. The the agents. Okay. We don't have that yet. So we contact contact the publishers, the publishing houses directly. And there are sort of five or five six seven uh, major ones, and then we have like mm-hmm. 50 smaller ones. But I'm trying, right. of course, for the big ones. And um, if I do get a foothold there, I'll be a, a crime writer. I'm, I've established, and for some reason, there's a female protagonist there as well. So so writing Ruby wasn't mm-hmm. that big a leap. For some reason, the fantasy novel I was, I'm also planning to write is a girl. Mm-hmm. In the prota- I don't know why but uh, it just happened. It became that way.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. And I, I think it's it's sometimes neat when we can get out of um, our own perspectives in, in some way, you know, as long as we're not making a total mess of things, which some, some people do. <laughs> um.
2: <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been quite worried because if I'm writing a, a male character, I'm, I'm I've actually been worrying that I'll use all the male cliches, but writing a female character do takes more i do I, i'm sure i do <laughs> and writing a female character even if i should sort of jump into using a cliche that's more because of um right i'm about 500 years older than l so i know i know women i I imagine, yeah, of yeah. course I don't, sure. nobody nobody does, but I, I, I imagine I do.
1: <laughs> That's why you're divorced <laughs> like three times, <laughs>
0: right?
2: At least two and a half.
0: <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> sort of going back to Elle's work as well, I, I had a thought about writing fantasy in sort of not magical medieval England, um, you know, because most most fantasy, like the, the classics mm-hmm. really are are magical England, um, which is which is fun, you know, and and familiar. But I've been really enjoying seeing this popularity of other places, um, and and fantasy and legends, you know, from from different origins come forward. Um most most yeah. recently I was thinking about uh The Witcher and all of these Polish folk tales and how that's become popular mm. and a lot of them are so unique and yeah. You know, it's it's really just because I haven't been exposed to it in the same way, you know, because um, I'm I'm not from that culture, but it has such a neat new flavor, and I just I'm so excited to see even more of that, and it's neat that you're reflecting that too.
2: You should really pick up uh, pick up the Fox and the Hunter because it's an amazing story, and and the characters really come to life in that a thousand year old. Uh, country we we live in now we know Norway and and every Norwegian knows something about the Vikings and something about the Sami people but Ella's done a lot of research on on the indigenous uh, Sami people and their their crafts and and you really get to know them in the book.
1: I wrote a book um, last year that took me three weeks to write and that book is about 15,000 words longer than Uh, the fox and the hunter which i spent about Hmm. eight months writing because i had to do so much research for it (laughs) because i i just think it's important that uh even though uh you know there's a lot you don't know about that time because well we don't really have any reference material that can tell us exactly how things were Mm -hmm. and what what was going on uh We still have clues as to um, certain things and we know that what sort of plants grew at that time, um, what they ate, what they wore, everything like that. So I just wanted to get the details right uh, and also represent the Sami people uh, respectfully, which was important to me, yeah. Because I mean, even though I'm Norwegian, I'm not I'm not indigenous uh, in that sense, and I'm, um, so I I think it's important to respect that I'm not writing about me, mm-hmm. um, and represent them in a way that they can recognize and and feel is um is done properly.
0: That's always a tricky road, and I think a lot of us, it's something that we're we're really wanting to focus on and wanting to include um but you know it's it's a little little bit scary when you're you're stepping outside of your lane and I think it's just important to sort of check in with yourself about why you are and
1: you know yeah is,
0: is this a story that's yours to tell and if you decide it is you know just just sort of moving forward with with respect and it sounds like that's something that you've done
1: I hope so, yeah. And I've had uh, Sami people uh, reading mm-hmm. it, beta reading it, and giving me advice and, uh, yeah, using them for reference and source material mm-hmm. and everything like that. She's not a, an altogether nice person, my protagonist necessarily, but but the culture and everything, I think it's represented in a way that, that they can feel is is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, what I what I like especially about it, and and what I see a few of her um, readers also comment on, it's the, it's the Elva, which is the, the main uh, character, and her connection with nature, connection with the animals. For instance, mm. I mean, you live in the in in the wild, you have to eat animals to survive. But she she doesn't just hunt to kill and eat she, she has this connection with with the uh, animals and their souls before she uh, she prepares a meal from made from some sort of meat and that's
0: mm-hmm.
2: that, I think that's kind of cool as well
0: yeah yeah the, the different small aspects I mm-hmm. think is where we really find the authenticity. Mm you know it's it's not in the big sweeping strokes that we you know a lot of us might know about or have learned about in school or whatever it is but it's the little tiny details i think of a mm. culture that really matter with indie publishing there's this huge push you know to publish um quickly for for a variety of reasons yeah. and um have you found that writing with a partner is faster because someone else is helping with the work or is it slower because you have to go through and sort of
1: collaborate no it's faster for sure because we can go oh all right so where are you at oh uh oh yeah yeah I have to write too (laughs) (laughs) so he's been writing and I feel like oh okay I need to be writing as well um so I think we sort of just um Mm-hmm. kick each other in gear so and spur-, get going. spur each other on. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, for sure yeah, with both of us editing and going through it um, I think we're saving yeah. a lot of time yeah.
0: well, it's it's definitely something that i've I've really been fascinated by um you know i I'm a loner and I work alone and I'm I mean, I'm sure the people who love me would call me a control freak. so it's something that I think would be good for me to try
1: I think You have to find someone that um, you know you can work with. For us, it's worked Mm -hmm. out really well, but I think you can easily get really annoyed. And um, (laughs) Yeah, no, I I do think that, and you can... I mean, me and Jay, we discuss like the smallest things, like is this a lake or is it a pond? Uh, And we can go on for ages just discussing (laughs) that one word uh but eventually we'll we'll get there and and it's fine, but we don't get we don't argue and and we respect each other and I think you you might find that if you you get a partner that doesn't want to listen and doesn't compromise and might be a bit touchy about their writing, so they don't like to be edited. <laughs> Uh, that could be an issue for sure. Yeah, no, I can just tell Jay I don't like it, and he'll be like, "All right, <laughs> I I want an explanation, but yeah. I, I I get it." I think
0: that's the thing is finding someone you can go back and forth with, right? And I I have critique partners that I can go back and forth with, and you know, we know when you know one of us says like okay, this is trash <laughs> that, you know, we're not saying it from, from a mean perspective. It's like, cause I know you can do better. Um, so maybe, maybe I'd be better at it than I thought.
2: <laughs> I think the key word is, is respect. I, I remember a couple of years ago and also with, well, the Fox and the Hunter, I, I got to, to be a part of the launch team, as she she called it. And uh, we, we read whatever Elle posted a chapter in that Facebook group, we read it and we, we commented on it and I soon learned that for one mm-hmm. Elle, she can really write and f- the second part is that she can take criticism and she she thrives on it and, and that's been been one thing uh, for my learning as to become a writer I, I I soon learned that I had to step down from my high horse because I'm really <laughs> the world champion in my own head, always been and to, to uh, sort of accept that I'm not. That was the main main part I had to do to become a writer. And then, with Elle, I have so much respect for her work and her qualities as a writer and as a human being. And when she gets, says, "No, this doesn't work," I know it's because she will in her next sentence mm-hmm. she will tell me why. And then have a great suggestion in the third sentence.
0: So what um what's next for for you as a team? Um I know we we touched a little bit on this prequel that's that's coming up. Um but what else are are you working on? Are you working on the next book in the in the main series?
1: Um yeah, we're working on the fifth book right now uh, and just polishing the the plot line for for book 6 and um we have a few other sort of uh concepts and ideas that we'd like to maybe write and look at once we're done with mm-hmm. the nine books in the series um but i don't know we might write a couple of companions and stuff like that if there's interest yeah. for it i think
0: i i always love the side stories myself
1: <laughs> yeah
2: yeah we 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 are we are working on um well we're we're working on um editing the fourth book that's uh, I mean the script is done but uh, done and ready for editing so we're, we're going through that now and and uh, getting to, starting to write book five um, I don't want to spoil things but because Ellen hates <laughs> it when I spoil things but we actually had a thought should we release book four in April to we don't you don't, know, we don't want to capitalize on the coronavirus but we're actually introducing <laughs> a virus and our point is that we we thought, we thought of it in in September October last year. So, it it is interestingly enough, uh, sort of influenza esque virus that attacks parts of the
0: uh, mm-hmm. well,
2: Rubyverse. That, I'll just leave it at that. But the, the Tears of Pestilence uh, is is a book that will really hit straight into the Corona pandemic.
0: Well, I'm just thinking like some people want to escape, right? And then other people want like the roadmap out <laughs> and so it's sort of who who, who do you want um, to, to be reading your book you know I, I've seen a lot of people saying like oh I'm avoiding all of the the virus movies and other people being like no I'm, I'm watching because it's going to give me my survival guide
1: yeah well I mean the book is is written and it, it was decided on before the virus and everything so that book's going to come mm-hmm. out either way uh, and I'm not going to change release dates that we have because we sort of set that already um, and they're on pre-order and everything, so I don't want to change it.
2: No, no, that, well, that was one of the, the little fights that took <laughs> about 10 seconds, settled, so, so no problem. but But we do touch upon i mean the virus is is the main uh, protagonist uh, in uh, antagonist in that book so so to speak but it's still it's so far away from the corona uh, the outbreak but it is a viral uh, uh, sort of mood and and, uh, and vibe in that book of course but we do we we don't deal right. with it in the same way but some some aspects are the same what do how does society react to it how do we need to stop things we're moving the main storyline so much uh, forward in, in that book as well so so our hopefully our readers will find that um, yeah it, the story of, of ruby morgan is really uh, well mm-hmm. taken care of in that book as
0: well well i'm i'm definitely interested and i'm i'm excited mm-hmm. to to pick up your work and i know my my cool. best friend is like an urban fantasy fanatic so <laughs> I'll, I'll definitely be sending it her her way as well so where where can people find both of you and find the the team of LJ Rivers on online are you doing any events coming up or are you sort of stick to, to the online stuff
1: Um no no because we're both based in Norway so there's not really uh much outside of um right. our offices <laughs> uh but <laughs> Um, no, they can find us on ljrivers.com or on Facebook, LJ Rivers or Instagram, LJ Rivers Mm -hmm. author, I think.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll be sure to put links to all of that in, um, in the description so people can come, come check everything out and, um, you know, maybe grab that, that free story to learn more, um, get a taste of your of your writing
1: yeah and that's set in Bulgaria so you got a little bit of that different that you talked mm-hmm. about earlier as well
0: awesome um, well thank you both so much for for joining me and um, this has been been really fun I, I always love learning about people's worlds that they've created especially when there's two minds behind it so
2: well thank you <laughs> thank you it's been yeah, great no
0: this has been the Amphibian Press podcast I'm VS Holmes and with me today are the two halves of LJ Rivers thank you so much for listening